Do you sometimes get the sense that debates about America's role in the world are predictable and often disconnected from reality? Our new podcast tries to change that. None of the Above offers new ideas to help confront America's global challenges. Subscribe to None of the Above today. With MailChimp, you get a whole lot more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales. That means you can connect your data to make more informed, smarter decisions. And you get powerful automation tools like our customer journey builder to ensure you never miss an opportunity to turn shoppers into loyal customers. So if you're ready to integrate your marketing and boost sales, get started today at MailChimp.com slash smart marketing. MailChimp, built for growing businesses. Good morning, everyone. How are you? Uh, my name is Noah Ring. Welcome back to another episode of the Lettering Ring Podcast. And today we have a very, very good show for you guys. There will be no guests, just me today. And first and foremost, um, I want to take a second to remember those who we lost on 9-11. Uh, as you guys know, over the week, the past week, uh, it was the 19th anniversary of 9-11, in which nearly 3,000 people died um, as a result of the terrorist attacks carried out by Al-Qaeda and Osama bin Laden, and we we need to seriously remember those who 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 lost their lives in the Twin Towers, but also the, the firefighters, the first responders who who rushed into that building, knowing they would certainly die, knowing that they they were giving their lives for their for their fellow man. The Bible says there is no greater act of love than to give your life for 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 your fellow man, for your friend. Uh, John Stewart testified before Congress last year, and he, he said the average response time was five seconds. These men answered the call within five seconds of it happening. That's almost inst- instantaneously. We need to take a serious second to, 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 to thank them. And remember, there were, no, there were no NFL players, NBA players rushing into that building. It was the men and women wearing... Wearing uniforms, wearing 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 the blue uniform, firefighters. We said we would never forget, but unfortunately, we already have. Unfortunately, we've already forgotten why we need to fund the police, why we need to support them, why they need our utmost support. We've already forgotten that. I don't want to spend this whole episode on nine eleven, but I do think it's important because many kids in my generation aren't being taught what truly happened. They aren't being taught. What happened? Where did it come from? Where did this terror come from? Why did these countries hate us? Instead, they're, they're just... They're being told the Ilhan Omar lie that, quote, some people did something. Yes, some people did do something. And that something they did was an act of terror. Because they hate the freedom and the, the promise that America stands for. They hate America being the beacon of hope. They hate America being the land of freedom. That's what we need to be teaching. And that kind of ties into what this podcast is about. It's about liberal bias in school. Well, not this past weekend, but the weekend before. I spent the weekend in Athens uh, at the University of Georgia uh, visiting my girlfriend. Uh, and I'm most likely, assuming everything goes right, enrolling there next next fall. So I spent the weekend there watching, uh, just having a good time, you know, being a college student. I don't get to do that a lot. Um, just being a college student, 
and I was scrolling through Twitter, and I saw a video by a guy named Steven Lysenko. This is kind of old news now, but I, this has been weighing on me heavy, so I feel like I need to include it. Uh, Steven is an assistant principal at a school right outside of Rochester, New York, and he, he recorded a video about a protest that he said was nonviolent. However, there were about 47 arrests. Uh, there was videos of some of these nonviolent protesters uh, chasing away reporters with uh, with uh, with knives. Sorry, and I'm going to play this audio that he that he said right here. Good evening, folks. It's Steve Lysenko, president of the local chapter of the National Association for Multicultural Education. In an act of protest this evening, we marched west on Court Street. And we didn't do anything but chant and sing all the way halfway across the bridge. At which point we met the Rochester Police Department. And guess what happened? Our peacekeepers ended up shooting pepper spray at us for singing and chanting and telling them what a shitty ass job they were doing. They can fuck right off, America! Fuck the police! Fuck Rochester Police Department! Thank you. So as you guys have just heard, this is this is sickening. That somebody with this this bias is in our school system. Now it's okay to have to have beliefs, to, to be a conservative, to be a liberal in the in the school system. That's one hundred percent fine. You can have your beliefs, as I do, as everyone does. There's there you're not gonna find anybody who graduated from college and went and worked in a school who doesn't who doesn't have political beliefs. It's almost impossible. The difference becomes if you push them. I've been seeing a lot of a lot of posts recently that says that said uh, if if your if your students know your political beliefs, you failed as a teacher. And it's very true. My, my government teacher who really got me into politics, his name was uh, Mr. Sparks. Uh, may rest in peace, Mr. Sparks. He was somebody who always said, "You will never know what I believe. You'll never know who I'm voting for." And it was true. He, he, he is somebody who he challenged me and my conservative thoughts uh, just as hard as he challenged liberal students' uh, liberal thoughts. He he played devil's advocate as that's what a government teacher is supposed to do. He, they're supposed to play devil's advocate. Um, but unfortunately, that's not happening. And so recently, I asked on Twitter for people to give me to give me. Uh, evidence to give me counters of liberal bias in schools that we don't know about just because they don't make the news they don't make fox news oa and then breitbart they don't make those news stations so i asked them and so i'm going to be reading on air some some of the things that i've been sent i'm going to read them on air just so you guys know i'll give my reactions so julie said hi noah hi julie I was president of my son's second grade class on 9-11 one year, in my capacity as a room helper slash parent. The teacher talked about what a sad day it was because we lost so many lives. When the kids identified terrorists, bad guys as perpetrator, the teacher decided to compare it to the U.S. killing people in Hiroshima. In retrospect, I wish I had spoken up in that moment, but I knew it would have upset my son. Two things. One, Julie, um... I can see why you didn't want to say anything. 
and I completely agree. And I, honestly, being 100% honest, I probably wouldn't have wanted my mom to say anything. I would have wanted my mom to be quiet because I know there have been quite a few times that uh, that my mom has wanted to, to go at my school and defend things or, or stuff. And I said, Mom, just don't worry about it. It'll be okay. Everything's going to be okay. But in, I don't know what year this was, but in some respect, I wish... I wish you'd have recorded it and said something because that this is this is this is a myth. This is a a, a myth that I see get perpetrated a lot. So, as all of you guys know, Hiroshima is where we dropped the atomic bomb. Hiroshima is where we dropped the atomic bomb upon Japan in World War II. It's still very controversial whether or not we should have done it. However, when when you when you equate an act of war, because when you equate an act of war with an act of terrorism, you have a few things mixed up. One, Japan, little, little history lesson, little history crash course. The United States was not getting involved in World War II. We said it multiple times, we wanted to stay isolationist. We wanted to stay out of the war. And then Japan took some planes, went to Pearl Harbor, and killed thousands of Americans. To which we couldn't sit by. We spent years trying to get them to to to, to uh, surrender. They didn't. So then we had to drop bombs in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. You see, it didn't. T- it took not just one bomb to get them to retire. To get them to retire. To to surrender. It took two bombs. It took two bombs to get Hiroshima or to get Japan. Sorry, to surrender and to quit fighting. So to equate that. And 9-11 is completely asinine. It's completely asinine. You see, what happened on 9-11 is 19 terrorists got training from Al-Qaeda on how to kill innocent Americans. And then they perpetrated that act, that act of hatred because they hate America. Because they don't, because they hate what we stand for. And it's completely asinine. And Julie, if your kids are still in that school, I don't know. You said one year. I don't know if this is yesterday or, well, obviously last year or 10 years ago. But she, th- this teacher obviously didn't stop. This teacher has kept going. This teacher has kept pushing. And I, I guarantee you she went to some private liberal arts college. The next one's from Chuck. He goes, Noah, first off, great name. My youngest son, his name is Noah. Well, Great minds think alike, Chuck. Good, good thing you named your son that. I live in the vicinity of Allentown, Pennsylvania. Ooh, very. I love. It. I love Pennsylvania. I love Pennsylvania. And one of the outlying school districts, with the advent of COVID, a large part of my kids' curriculum is now digital. One of my sons is a senior. I once not named Noah. And it is his. It is and it is his history class that I sent you a picture of on Twitter. Oh God, I gotta find that. He said basically. The teachers are now hum- hamstrung by this new way of teaching. Yeah, I've heard a lot of that. Our, these teachers have no idea what is what is what is going on. However, it appears certain people are using this as an excuse to push their agenda or propaganda out to young impressionable minds. Every morning, the students in history class will have to watch CNN, a CNN produced video. He says in quotation marks, "Fair and balanced." Excuse his sarcasm. This morning was a video about college kids enjoying spring break or getting together in large groups to party, of course. CNN's take is that these kids are putting themselves and others at risk by not wearing masks, social distancing, etc. 
There was no point. There's no counterpoint to the video. Just a one-sided diatribe about how these kids are were enjoying life and possibly contracting a virus that had, has a better than 99% recovery rate, especially for given these kids' ages. There was no opportunity for discussion. It is simply watch the video, answer the questions, and move on to the next topic. This is very disconcerting because COVID is being used as an excuse to change the way we think about our everyday life. And these kids are not being given all the information to learn how to critically think for themselves. They're being told what to think, not how to think. I'm happy to report more instances of this nonsense as the semester progresses. Best Chuck. Well, one, Chuck, thank you. Thank you for a few things. One, naming your son Noah. Big fan of that. Two, keep me informed because I'll keep reading these on air. I... Here's the thing. So I remember back in seventh grade, seventh, seventh, eighth grade, we used to watch CNN student news. Now the student news is, is a bit more fair. Um, pretty much the entire time. If you guys don't remember, that's pretty much the entire time we were talking about Malaysia airlines flight, flight 370. Still don't know where that thing went. I am a big, I, I don't know what happened there. Okay. For you guys who don't remember Malaysia airline flight 370 was a plane that took off in Malaysia and disappeared, never landed. Um, but we watched, we watched CNN student news. And for the most part, it was, it was pretty fair. It was also 2014. Give or take. It was pretty fair. Um, I remember there was a government shutdown during that year and CNN didn't even talk about it. That could be because it was Obama. I don't know. However, we need to, we need to get to a point where we use non-biased news sources for our, for our kids in school. So I, I sit on the board uh, of a thing called youth, youthivism. And what youthivism does is they send out curriculum to teachers. Similar, I, I suppose, similar to CNN Student News. Except it's more, it's, more, it's more about actual politics. It's meant to go to like middle school civics classes middle school history classes. It's more about it's more about individual politics, political issues. So what I do as a member of the advisory board is I I I look at they they send us about every week or two to two to three weeks, they send us out what they want to send to the teachers to read, like the script. And what I do is I read it. And so do a bunch of other kids from from other conservatives, libertarians, uh, liberals, liber- um, I guess more socialists. We read it and we we say, okay, uh, I think you're not mentioning this point. On uh, for me, I I, I remember uh, the last one was about guns, and I, I remember I said that they were using a fact based opinion to take guns away, but they're using an opinion like a feelings based argument to take to keep guns and i remember saying hey like you're not using the statistics to to show why guns are good to show why we need to the right to protect ourselves and so they there's like this little form you fill out when you like you know what do you think that blah blah blah. and so i filled it out and i sent it back and they changed it and we need we need to promote more things like this because what the founders of youthivism and i agree on is they're very far left in fact, we we had a we had a we had a Zoom call the other day. A lot of us, and there are they're from San Francisco, I believe, and they said they were tired of being pushed left wing. They were tired of left wing ideologies being pushed upon them. Left wing from in San Francisco, and these kids are left wing. 
If that doesn't show that that gives me hope for the future that these kids are tired of being pushed left wing propaganda. I shouldn't say propaganda, left wing opinions. So a couple things. One, I think that we need to find I think somewhere like a PBS would be a good a good system. Because PBS is pretty fair. Public broadcasting station. I mean it's pretty fair. Um they do play a lot more cartoons, but it's pretty fair. It's a fair thing. Um I would love to see the videos that they have to watch. But I, as you were saying, back back to even to directly to your email, as I pull it back up here, they're being told that COVID is an issue. And I'm not going to lie to you. For some people, COVID is an issue. But like you said, you know, these kids at college, COVID isn't an issue. My girlfriend goes to UGA where there's 30,000 kids on campus. There, there, there are, there, they have a special, um, I guess, dorm set off for kids who who test positive and have to quarantine other than that life pretty much goes on with normal you do have to wear a mask not outside just in the in the facilities in the dining halls in the dorm rooms you have to wear a mask and you know it it sucks but it's better than not going to college it's better than the alternative but to act like everyone who gets covid dies it's an outrage. Um, let's say, I think out of 100% of people who get COVID, 1% pass away, unfortunately. And of that 1%, only 6% of that 1%, <clears throat> if you're good at math, you know, do the math. 6% of that 1% who pass away have no underlying conditions. They don't have stage 4 cancer. They don't have lung disease. They don't have emphysema. They don't have anything. That once you report that, COVID looks like a completely different thing. But hey, let's let's move on. This one is more of a a Christian bias in schools. They're taking they they are not letting Christianity be a thing. This is from Franca. I I hope it's Franca. Franca says, "Hi Noah. Hi Franca. When my daughter was in public school, every Friday her music teacher would let the students bring in their favorite CD, and the teacher would play their favorite song for the class. Oh God, I can see where this could go wrong." She played all of it. Rap, country, pop rock. She never refused a child until until she saw my daughter's pick. Now we are a Christian family and my daughter grew up on a lot of Christian music. So she chose she chose her favorite artist, Amy Grant. Love Amy Grant. Great music. I remember her being so happy it was finally her day to share. Oh, okay. Well she, well when she came home from school that day, she was pretty upset. When I asked her why, she said the teacher told her she couldn't play her C D because it had religious content on it. And it could offend someone in the class. My daughter didn't understand what was wrong with her choice. Well, there's more of it. One second. Uh, one, I thought that they were just spent the whole day playing music. I was like, golly. But second, let's just keep reading. I called the school to talk to the teacher. She said she was teaching the kids about different music genres, but Christian religious wasn't allowed. I brought up the vulgar rap, but she gave me some excuse about artist expression, which was different than religious content. I also called the principal. He said he would look into it, never heard back, but my daughter did say the teacher stopped the Friday music sharing. Thanks, Franca, Franca oh Lord, Vassalati, Vassalati, I'm gonna go with Vassalati. Yeah, no, I, so I, 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 I've said this multiple times on this podcast, on my Twitter, that I am, gra- I'm glad that I went to a school, a, a good conservative school in Southeast Georgia, a school where um, when I played football, we prayed on the field every Friday nights. Uh, they still do it. I just don't play football anymore because I've graduated. I'm glad that I went to a school that honored 
that honored God. You know, we we had a very active FCA, uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. There there was a, a class that you could take that taught you. Um, it was a quote unquote non religious class, but it taught you the te- it taught you um it, it taught you the literature of the Bible, um the Old Testament, and we we live in a we went to a school where every couple of months every month maybe uh, it wasn't school sanctioned but a lot of students would get together at a flagpole and a local preacher a local pastor one time my pastor did it they would pray we'd all pray together um just about the school about it was really pretty much uh before midterms before finals uh when we would just pray for you know for success and to take the stress away i I've, i'm very glad i went to a school like that it really did help me a lot However, I, I understand that I'm not, I, I'm certainly not the majority in this. There are a lot of schools that, that don't, they don't allow. And here's the thing. They, they say that they don't want to offend anybody. Okay. However, it seems whenever Christianity is called into effect, it's offensive to let a Christian express their beliefs but it's offensive not to let someone of another religion express theirs. I think it should be cut and dry one way or another. Either Christians, uh, Muslims, uh, Jewish people, Buddhists, whatever, pagans, whatever you name it, should all either either all be able to express their their opinions. Either either Frank's daughter should be able to play a Christian song, and another kid should be able to play a Hindu song, a Buddhist song, whatever it may be. Either that's how it should be, or totally no one should be able to. No one should be able to at all. You have to be one way or the other. I get a lot of flack from the religious right from this, but you have to be one way or the other, especially when it comes to schools. We do have separation of, of church and state. That is, that is a legitimate thing. We don't want the government, and I, the school counts as a government, to be able to... to be able to... Uh, endorse for lack of a better word a religion now i i will i i'm addressing the fact that it seems like a christian's right to believe is less than everyone else's right to believe especially in a school i will address that we need we need to we need to reform school boards throughout the country i've always said that one of the most important offices you can run for is school board you you determine you determine this you determine the school how money is allocated you you have a you have a say in what what goes on. You have a say. So we need to we need to we need to look at these school board races and think about it. Think about throwing your hat in the ring. That's the only way. You see, one thing that everyone every dictator every every successful person every successful um, leader has known. Is that if you, I shouldn't say successful leader, every every intelligent person knows that if you want to want to win the future, if you want Republicans to win the future, if you want Christ to win the future, if you want even liberals to win the future, you, you need to make sure that the schools are endorsing, basically. The schools are teaching the ideas. Now, I had a professor. Um, I had it for two classes. I can't remember, but it's most likely the U.S. history class where one of the questions on the quiz was, it said the KKK was blank. Couple answers, and the, the correct answer was 
a domestic terrorist organization that was founded by the Democrats. And that's true. Most schools wouldn't go that far. Most schools would say it was a domestic terrorist organization. But this teacher, who had tenure, decided that she would include all of the truth. If you want that to be what is actually the curriculum, the truth, then you need to run for school board. You need to get on these boards. You need to maybe even run for superintendent. Who knows? Some school superintendents elected. Some schools it's not. You see, George Orwell had a quote. He who controls the past controls the future. He who controls the present controls the past. So if you control the present, you control the past, which controls the future. It's all it's all in a line. We as conservatives have have spent more focus on to the national races, the governor races, the congressional races, president, than we have what's going on right within our own towns. Luckily, what what I what I enjoy is I have a good friend, uh, Rob, if you're listening, hey Rob. He he's very, very involved with, with politics, just in general. He he could he could be he could be out campaigning for Trump right now. He probably could go knock door to door, make phone calls, but that's not what he's doing. He he's vetting city council res- uh, candidates. He's vetting school board candidates. He's vetting county commissioner candidates. Nobody does that anymore. We just write it off and vote for whoever's on the ballot as a Republican or a Democrat. In some places, it's not even Republican or Democrat, and you really have to do your your due diligence. He he, he pays attention. So Franca, you know. I don't know if your daughter still goes to the school. It doesn't say, but I would, I would lobby. I, I would, I would keep calling the principal. I would figure it out, figure it out. I, they said they've stopped it now, which is probably a good thing. These kids be listening to some weird music. It's probably a good thing, but yeah, I, I would, I would lobby it. I would find, find someone on the school board, board of education, figure it out. You have to look at the policy. Because if the policy basically says that almost any music that doesn't contain cuss words is allowed, you might have a court case. Who knows? All right. This one is from Michelle. This, uh, I remember why I included this one. So this one, because people are acting like this, this hasn't been a thing that's been going on for decades. Michelle is no longer a student. In fact, she hasn't been a student for 20, at least 20 years. Most likely, um, she was uh, she was a non-traditional student. Uh, okay, so this is to go to show you. So I'm going to read this. Uh, it says, "Hi Noah, I hope all is well with you." Here's my story. All is well with me, Michelle. Hope all is well with you. She said, "I was a 24 non 24 year old non-traditional student at the University of Cincinnati during the 1994-1995 school year. I transferred the next year to Wilmington, to next year to Wilmington College in Ohio. It's a pretty, it's a pricey private Quaker college." While a student there, I went through the proper channels to begin a Students for Life group. This was the mid-90s when President Bill Clinton's vetoes vetoed a bill banning partial birth abortions. Partial, partial birth abortions. Twice, I decided to bring in a guest speaker to help inform my fellow students about the value of life and the horrors of abortion. I had spoken to renowned pro-life warrior Barbara Wilk from Cincinnati Right to Life. She and her husband, Dr. John Wilk, were icons in the pro-life movement at the time. She agreed to come speak for free. I thought it might be helpful to bring in somebody else on board for publicity reasons. So to see the campus minister, Patricia Thomas. Boy, was I naive. I assumed that she would be pro-life as a minister. Wrong. I was shocked when she told me that she was pro-choice. 
So she said that I could use the Kelly Center for my speaker, but that I would need, but I, that I needed to have someone from the other side speak as well. She said she would find a speaker. Barbara came and used the most used up most of the time. Thank God, Patricia was able to find a speaker. So she allowed a student to introduce a video we played about a poor woman who had to choose late term abortion because of severe health effects of the baby of their babies. Another instance was when I played placed an article in our school newspaper and signed it "Students for Life." The following week, the article, an article to Students for Life, was published, uh, written by several faculty and staff members who didn't like our group and disagreed with us. One professor was really angry that faculty members were ganging up on on a student group. I'm going to look into seeing if there was a copy of that article out there somewhere. Thanks for allowing me to tell my story. I swear I didn't see that class because of it, but I cannot prove it. Michelle. Uh, One, if you find it, please do. I'd love to read it. So a few things. One, one, if Aaron Carpenter is listening, uh, he's going to be mad you didn't go to the the Ohio State. Um, It's the only college in the country we have to say the Ohio State. But... To to get into the actual thing, uh, yes, Bill Clinton's um, Bill Clinton's veto of the part of the partial birth abortion ban. It's one of the worst decisions he made as as president. Um, second, I'm not sure why you had to bring in a, a speaker from the other side, unless it's uh, let's see, you were at you were at Wilmington at this point. So unless you were at unless it's something with Wilmington College, um. Like, like, unless it's something that Wilmington College has um, that you have to do, I don't see why you did. I don't see why it was a necessity. However, I'm glad that you were able to find someone um, as renowned as Barbara Wilk um, and her husband to come and speak. Um, I would, I would lobby to see why Patricia Thomas is pro-choice as minister. I hope she's came to her senses since then, nearly 25 years ago. Uh, and then it, it's really good. Video we played. So, I, I still don't know why you had to find a speaker for the other one. And again, I'm, I'm going to assume that it was because Wilmington College had something about you don't want it to be biased. But if, if it's, if it, if they're speaking for your group, like if you're inviting, if you're inviting them to speak to your group, I don't see why. Uh, because like the Georgia College Republicans, Turning Point USA, Students for Life, all these organizations, uh, Young Americans for Liberty, all these organizations who have who have you know campuses or have have uh, sorry clubs on campuses, they don't. You know, uh, Charlie Kirk doesn't have to invite Cenk Uger to, go, to come speak. Uh, you know, the Georgia College Republicans don't have to invite Stacey Abrams to come speak. So I'm not quite sure why that was a thing. Because just as we don't have to invite them, the young Democrats of Georgia don't have to invite Governor Kemp. Because they just don't want to hear him speak. They're not fans of him. Whatever it may be, that's okay. They don't, you know, that's their right. So if you, if you... I again, twenty five years. You're not gonna find retribution. But if you're out there, if if you're Michelle, if your kids are going to going to college anytime soon, make sure that this doesn't happen again. And if it does, give me a call. I'll come to campus. We'll have a talk about it. Make sure this doesn't happen again. Wherever they're going to college, at look into look into their their um their their look into the 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 rules surrounding public events for a group. 
whether it's um, whether Students for Life, Young Americans for Liberty, TPUSA, uh, College Republicans, look into it and make sure that there's no some stupid thing. And then if there is, if there is a stupid ordinance saying that if uh, you have to have speakers from both sides, well, make sure that every every uh, every liberal pro-choice uh, club has a Republican speaking at every event. Make sure. Because two can play that game. I don't think it's right. I don't think you should have to have somebody from the other side. Um, especially if it's not something in ordained. Now, if it's ordained by the college, big difference. But ordained just by your group. Yeah. And then to get on to what you were saying, um, you said another instance, blah, blah, blah. I, I, one shout out to the professor who's really angry that faculty members were getting up on a student group. I think that, I think two things are true here. One, you published it in the school paper, therefore, uh, you're 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 open to criticism overall from from people from from faculty members, students alike. I do think it's a bit unprofessional for student mem- for faculty members. Let's see, they so they published an article, which is which is a little a little too much. I, now, if it's students, that's a little bit more understandable, but the um. The faculty shouldn't shouldn't really be getting involved there. That's not their job. Their job is to teach you, not not uh, criticize you in front of the entire school. So that's all that I have to read today. But this this podcast just goes to show that that it's a real thing that conservatives on campuses all across the country are having to fight. They're having to fight for for their for their just right to be <clears throat> a conservative college student. They're they're having to fight for that. And that shouldn't be a thing. You know, liberal and conservative students alike should be able to to gather together and discuss ideas, discuss what's facing us in the future, and discuss how we can how we can come together and fight these. However, when 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 there's a team like mentality that gets built by the professors, by the teachers, by the faculty, that's what leads to the partisanship in the future. That's what leads to the stalemates in Congress. It is. So so like I said, if you if you're out there and you're able to, consider it. Consider running for, for school board. Consider running for, for superintendent. Again, some superintendents are elected, some aren't. Consider running for um consider running for these local offices that actually make a big difference. City council, county commission, they all make a bigger difference than your congressman. I know this podcast was a bit shorter. Um but I hope you guys enjoyed nonetheless. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Let Free Ring podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button because you don't want to miss out on our great episodes coming out every Monday. Thanks to your support, we are quickly becoming the fastest growing teenage conservative podcast in the nation. As always, if you have any questions or concerns, you can email me noah at noahring.org. Again, that's noah at noahring.org. Thank you guys a ton. I'll see you guys next Monday. Y'all have a blessed week. With MailChimp, you get a whole lot more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales. That means you can connect your data to make more informed, smarter decisions. And you get powerful automation tools like our customer journey builder to ensure you never miss an opportunity to turn shoppers into loyal customers. So if you're ready to integrate your marketing and boost sales, get started today at MailChimp.com smartmarketing MailChimp, built for growing businesses. 
Do you sometimes get the sense that debates about America's role in the world are predictable and often disconnected from reality? Our new podcast tries to change that. None of the Above offers new ideas to help confront America's global challenges. Subscribe to None of the Above today.